So I had a scenario where I was working with the vice president of revenue and level setting some training he wanted for his department of about uh, 1,500. And he insisted that my team would be the best ones at providing this video instruction or producing the voiceovers. And he wanted us essentially to do some instructional design and perhaps shoot some videos. And there was an awful lot of training. And I told him his team didn't know who I was. And they also didn't know my instructional designers, but they knew him. And so I was trying to make a case for him about why I thought he was the right one to deliver the message, certainly for the videos. And while they may not have conversations with him at his level, the vice president, um, they have an informal relationship with him. And they certainly knew the durability of his title would matter much more than a generic voice of mine or an instructional designer or someone on my team. Unconvinced, I shared an analogy with him. And I said, I want you to imagine that you're on board an aircraft. And this is a flight that you've taken several times. Maybe it's from Atlanta to New York or Atlanta to Miami. You've done this a few times before. Everyone's on the plane. They're seated, belongings stored in the overhead compartment. And you feel the plane beginning to taxi, finding its way in line behind a host of other aircraft. The flight attendant begins the safety speech, standing in the aisle as they do, and before she gets past her second sentence, the pilot comes out. And he introduces himself and says, passengers, I'm Captain Smith, and today I'm gonna be facilitating the safety protocols. Please give your attention to me at this time. And I asked him now, tell me, what do you think would happen if the captain came out and began doing the safety training? And the whole room around that board table went silent and they kind of smiled. He said, well, I'd be freaked out. I say, I'll tell you what I would do. I'd perk up, I'd pay attention, and yes, I would wonder why is the pilot doing this? It must be important. I'd watch him with fixed eyes, barely blinking, seeing what his final words would be. Waiting for him to end with something like, we're gonna have a smooth and safe flight, and only then would the relief wash over me when I exhaled right? So in that case, did the voice of the pilot matter? And he said, of course. I said, of course it did. And I explained to this leader and he understood and conceded that he in fact was the guy. He was the one. He was the voice. He was the messenger and messengers matter. And there are times as leaders, you know, we want to defer the message, the tough message, the healing message. It feels uncomfortable or awkward. The safety message, even you would imagine something life and death, you're getting on a plane and so many things could happen, but people check out and they don't pay attention. But if the pilot comes out, the captain comes out, suddenly we lean in, don't we? We as leaders defer to colleagues, to other leaders or to someone else who we think might be far better at speaking. But just as the message is critical, the messenger too matters. You know, your child needs to hear from you that you're proud of them. It's great that the teacher says, wow, I've, I've watched how you've progressed and I can tell you've been really putting hours in homework. Maybe their aunt says, wow, I'm really proud of you, Johnny. I, I noticed that your grades are getting better. It's not the same 
It's not as sobering and relieving a message as when it comes from that child's mom or dad. Your teen can hear from their supervisor, their manager, telling them, listen, we, we just had a tough time. I know we had to let some jobs go, but the forecasts are looking really great. But I'm telling you, when the CFO or the CEO or the senior leader comes in and says, listen, let me tell you the truth. This is what's been going on, but I want you to know we're turning the corner. We're getting to the other side. It's the same relief as the message coming from the pilot. You know, when the plane starts moving and getting rough, we all wait. We're waiting. We hear that ding, ding, but then we're waiting. Is the pilot going to tell us all is well? It's just a little rough area. And as soon as he speaks, everyone tunes in to hear. And as soon as he says all is well, we relieved, right? Think about the messages that you've avoided or deferred to someone else. I want you to think about training or celebrations that you've avoided or you've deferred to someone else. And I want you to know that you're the one, that it should come from you. And you know, I like a flight attendant. Actually, I love flight attendants. I love everything about a flight attendant. I always wanted to be one. I like the idea they get to do these kinds of things and signals and all of that. They have great outfits, love the outfits. They're so fabulous. Every airline has their own and they're the captain of snacks. Love that too. I mean, what's not to love? I love a flight attendant, but I trust the pilot. There's a difference. So don't be afraid to walk out in the aisle, to relieve the attendants there and bring calm and stability and optimism and correction if that's necessary. You're the pilot. They'll listen to you. They'll respond to you. They'll follow you. You are the messenger. You make vision fly. You make projects fly, right? We love the attendants. We trust the pilots. Your people trust you. Now fly.